0: Welcome to Babel 244. Welcome yourself, old, to Babel 244. Greetings from my Babel cave. Mm. What do you think of it? Look at you. Yes, I am broadcasting to the world from inside a duvet, basically. But it's very exciting, sat in a corner. So there is now no excuse other than my poor delivery for poor performance. All. It's, only, we it's are... only content which is going to let you down now. <laughs> That's right, but it's fine. It's like people who buy you know, brand new musical instruments to make themselves better at playing musical instruments. All the know, gear, no cool. idea, is I think the phrase you're looking for. We are sustainable. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast, Int we all, yes. all about people and the planet and why, despite everything being naught, we can have a little chuckle about it every now and then, yes? Yes. And keeping you up, am I? Yes. Crikey, Moses. We're doing this even in the afternoon. We're not even doing this at night. So <laughs> shut up and pay attention. It's been right. a long week okay what what are we going to drag your week out with today
1: well some answers and specifically some questions we've said dear Babel listeners what do you want to know what do you want to ask us what do you want us to talk about that we've never really talked about and so you told us in your droves we've got loads of really excellent truly excellent questions quite a few shit ones which we're not even going to answer so um, it's going to be high quality Q&A this week
0: thank you Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. We can't do them all. We don't have time. We might not even get through the list of ones we're going to try and get through here, but we massively appreciate it. So before we get on to what you want to know from us, here's some stuff that we need to tell you. And that is that we do work for environmental charities, don't we all? Yes. But these are very much our own views. So if anything that we say gives you questions that you want to put to our bosses, don't put them to our bosses, put them to me and all directly. Yes? Yes. And we are a listener-funded podcast, so if anything that you hear makes you want to donate some money to us, you can do that at wubblywubblywubbly.patreon.com slash
1: sustainababble. Very good. And as ever, if you want to also donate money to things which are potentially a bit more in the news than the babble... Mm, So virtuous. I know. Then please have a look at some of the links in our show notes for things you can do to help people in Ukraine and everywhere affected by war. Babel first, other people second. Humanity second, yes. Right, Quite on right with it. it. Shut up and answer my questions. Right. Yes, this is a good section. I feel like every single episode I hear at some point you barking shut up and listen, which is very similar to shut up and answer my question, except shut up and answer my question suggests you actually want to hear from me, whereas shut up and listen oh, suggests petal. you don't. I and do I'm want to hear from I'm fine about you. it. I'm absolutely fine about it. But Look, we're going I'm to hear from each other in this section. and that's. What's I'm here so now. I'm here now. What would you like to tell me? Come on. What would you like me
0: to hear? I just want
1: to feel like, you know, I've got some things to say and they're interesting. Oh well we'll we'll try and make you feel like that. Yeah, it doesn't need to be true. I just want to feel like it. Uh, excellent native Cockney
0: wit. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we sent out an appeal to our Babble listeners far and wide and said, chuck your questions at Dave and Oll. No question too silly. Some questions, as it turned out, too crap, but no question too silly. <laughs> so we're just going to run through these in a kind of random order based on uh, the order that I put them into the dock, right? And we'll get as far down this as we can. Yes? Yes. Good. Right, first question is from Friend of the Babble, Bamba Hawes. And Bamba was the guy, if you remember, that took a massive zonking great polar bear up to the Glasgow COP at the end of last year. Do you remember that? Not a real polar bear. That would have been dangerous.
1: Uh, Yes, logistically more challenging than his admittedly quite logistically challenging trip with a fake polar bear. Yes, this is Bamba, who, oh, he was superb. Uh, Looking back on COP, I think possibly his action had as much if not more impact than anyone else's so (laughs) come on fair play to bamba anyway moving on bamba asked us are either slash both of you going to get involved in any extinction rebellion action during the forthcoming april rebellion
0: Now, first thing, what is that? So there is, my understanding is, on the 9th of April, is that right? Is that the date? I don't have the date in front of me. Um, I'm just going to check that while we talk. There is um, another great big uh, be naughty and tie yourself to things type day happening, yeah? Yeah, they're Um, usually more than just a day, aren't they? They're usually kind of... As long as they can string it out, basically, but often a couple of weeks. Yeah, so it begins on the 9th of April, the next UK rebellion. Extinction Rebellion says 10am in Hyde Park in London is where it starts. They're calling for everyone to take action. And then you can sign up and there's stuff going on all around the country, maybe even all around the world. Um, There are particular weekends. So go to the Extinction Rebellion website and have a look at stuff starting there. So Bamba's asking, are we going to get involved? So look... Look, oh, now we did talk about this back in episode 180, maybe, when we talked about Extinction Rebellion yeah. quite a long time ago. When now. they were, like, new. Really when they new. were new, and, and Ol, Ol said, Oi, Dave, see this thing, we should talk about it. Just like you did with Greta Thunberg, if you remember. I like, oh, always forget that you didn't know
1: who Greta was for
0: quite some time. Well, neither did anyone. And then she was the thing. Apart from people who work in the environment. I don't... Oh, I find the idea terrifying. I'm going to say it. There we are. I find the idea of getting involved with an extinction rebellion thing quite terrifying. Um, Why? Because I'm a coward. And no, I'm not don't I, be
1: don't be faux modest or self-deprecating. What I right, oh, not? not am a coward. Not, I'm a
0: physical coward. We talked about this before. I'm
1: very, very scared. Of no, but okay, hit. but what what is it that you find
0: terrifying? About it, not about yourself. Uh oh here we go. It's a bit early into the a bit early <laughs> to get into the old psychoanalytics isn't it all? <laughs> Uh... Don't know. I'm a bit shy of people. I'm not really a kind of action-y type person, really. I've done it. Like, I once nearly got nicked outside the home office dressed as a beagle once. Um, I've done all sorts of action. I've been on protests. I've done all of that. I just think it's the kind of thing that like, I don't flood towards. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? It does make sense.
1: I think um, XR seem quite keen to stress that there are like lots of levels of you know ways you can get involved so you know for instance there's quite a lot of family friendly stuff where you wouldn't be expecting a four-year-old to <laughs> get nicked um well no. you know your four-year-old almost certainly would get it uh, yeah well yes. think, other than that, um yeah uh so I, but i do know what you mean um i know it's crap
0: Like I'm quite aware that it's crap and there's there's a thousand reasons I could be shamed into not being crap, but it would be being shamed. That's what would happen is I would be, I'd sort of be made to feel that I have to. Do you know what I mean? And I don't quite feel that's the vibe they're after.
1: I agree with that. Uh, No, no, I don't agree with that. I understand that. I think (laughs) I've, 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 I've done a bit more of that stuff than you, but not very much. I'm not, I'm not brave about that and more more to the point i'm not sort of
0: you know if
1: it's the choice between committing to weekend after weekend of protest or committing to weekend after weekend of sitting in my pants i usually choose sitting in my pants Mm. um and actually that's a bit unfair because these days no one lets me sit in my pants i have to look after you know, small people and stuff. Mrs. Stave uh,
0: was saying to me earlier, she said, watch out, she said, in that new Babel cave that we've got there, it gets really hot and you might have to do the babble in your pants. And I said, I was pretty sure that in the past we had done an episode of Babel in our pants before because it got really, really hot. And I couldn't remember if that was true. And then I thought maybe I dreamed it and then I regretted saying it out loud. Yeah, I
1: think that's in one of your strange Babel fantasies. Mm. Um, no, fully clothed Babel from now on, thank you. Uh, yes, i will I be going i don't know i'm i I signed up didn't quite manage to attend but signed up for their one of their calls the other night that was kind of setting out their new strategy I like their new strategy so their their whole thing is like let's stop the fossil fuel economy and it's good I think that is clear and correct and like much better focused on the right things. So so
0: you mean like they're taking that the the actions are at fossil fuel companies as opposed to EG on top of tube trains? Yeah exactly yeah, exactly
1: right. and I, you know I, I don't want I honestly have massive massive respect for XR and the way that they've shifted things like and obviously no movement is like pure and perfect and everything and everyone makes mistakes uh Clearly, there was this slight Achilles heel of, like, if it's totally decentralised and, like, anyone can just do whatever they fancy doing, then if people go and stand on top of tube trains when commuters are just trying to get to work from one of the poorest bits of East London, that's bad for the movement, right? Uh, and, and it undermines, or it's easier then for Inhoffs to use it to undermine a lot of the other really cool stuff that they were doing. Um, so it seems like they're being a little bit more direction... Uh, direction is now but i don't really know i don't have any inside knowledge of it uh so that's good um uh yeah i'm i'm more tempted to join in with that sort of thing uh we'll see if i do i tell you what i am tempted to do what have you seen this tire extinguishers thing have you seen uh, this this is the it, well i have but tell the class okay so there was a thing and i think they're possibly an XR Splinter Group, but they don't say they are as much. But anyway, a thing was announced about 10 days ago, a couple of weeks ago, saying overnight in, I don't know, 10 or so places around England, rich places around England, Mm -hmm. um, we went and let down the tyres of massive SUVs and stuck pieces of paper on the window screen saying, your massive SUV is completely unnecessary. Uh, So we let your tyres down. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, And I liked it a lot, uh, you know, it's it's there's no criminal damage um it's just irritating you can pump up your tyre again um See, that's but,
0: allowed you you wouldn't get nicked for letting down someone's tyres
1: i as i read it and as um i've seen no you that you're not committing any offence there? Uh, especially if there's, I think there's, there might be a distinction about where it's parked.
0: Other, other, legal advice, other legal advice is available. No,
1: that's all you need. It's just me. <laughs> um, I think possibly where it's parked makes a difference. So if it's on a public road, that's one thing. If you go into somebody's property to do it, that's another thing. Um, but I like that. You know, There is this renewed focus on the absurdity of having absolutely enormous four-wheel drives in towns um, when there isn't a field or any sports utility that your vehicle is going anywhere near, um, anywhere in sight, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it's the sort of thing that I can imagine doing because it would make me feel better.
0: That's ultimately what's going on. So here. you will go and let tires down, but you won't go and protest outside the office of Shell.
1: No, we'll go and do that. I've done loads of those sorts of things. But you're, you know, the XRE thing is like more committing to like occupying somewhere for a long time getting locked onto a thing uh getting arrested that is a level of protest I am more scared of and less I find myself less inclined to do and I'm like you I feel a bit pathetic saying that um, and I
0: wonder what it would take to get me to do that. Um, but, but important thing just to stress XR is fab we love XR we've had them on ear loads Oll and I I think oh, I'm to speak for myself I feel like I do loads of other stuff and I, I don't have infinite time and all that sort of thing but I have massive respect to people who go and do it um, and yeah, there are loads I'll, of ways I'll... and there are loads of ways you can get involved that aren't gluing yourself to things yeah. that's the other important I'm thing I'm not sure right? it's
1: a time thing it's a prioritisation thing isn't it With all, like everybody's busy and it's just about what are you prioritising and I'm I'm not prioritising doing XR stuff, is what
0: I'm saying. Would you rather have Babel or Dave gluing himself to something? Um, Since you're so convinced convinced time isn't an issue.
1: (laughs) I'd like to to see what you were gluing yourself to before I made that decision. If it was, for instance, a bear, um, I'd rather have you gluing yourself to a bear just to see what happened
0: right next question from jack waters uh i think it's waters and not waters waters jack waters thank you jack uh jack says bit of a lazy question this but we'll answer it anyway jack says i just started listening last week so far so good says jack that's good well Um, obviously you know that's fine but where the hell have you been jack (laughs) i mean welcome belatedly Jack says, "Seeing as there are so many, many, many most likely awesome episodes to choose from, can we suggest any to new a plan? listeners?" Is this Jack exist? No, or oh, Jack exists. Jack is a Jack is a thing. Um, can Jack you suggest- from Crystal Palace. Jack says, "Can you suggest any episodes to new listeners which are non-negotiable and should, should definitely be listened?" And Jack says, "I would like to say I'd listen to them all, but that's not going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah." Well, good question. We have done this is our two hundred and forty fourth episode in our eighth year of doing sustainable babble. Oh. So we have been at this a fair while. Um and it depends what you like. I've got a Jack. map of the I've
1: got a map of the world uh behind the monitor in my oh Babel Suite. Um yep. and I'm fairly sure that the tectonic plates I'm looking at and in <laughs> fact the positions of the continents have meaningfully changed in the time. <laughs> since we started Babbel.
0: That map is no longer correct. awful lot of things. When we started Babbel, there were Liberal Democrats. There wasn't <laughs> a Brexit. There wasn't a Donald Trump. That's how long we've been doing this for. Any way, right? Depends what you like, right? If you like... We do some episodes do remember that are kind when of we silly. Like, oh, Jeremy... let me answer the
1: question. Do you remember when we were like, Jeremy Corbyn
0: is leader
1: of the Labour Party?
0: That's still quite a weird thing, isn't it?
1: I want to also make it clear that I will not lead the party in any future general election.
0: Um, Right, now look, if you like silly shows about like nice animals and things then we've done a fair few of those we did one about wasps i recommend episode 120 about hedgehogs for that
1: was my favorite one that was the one was i good. always used to say was the good silly one and you nicked it a good, yeah i well, love it's the hedgehogs one. one
0: yeah it's yeah. really good it's got a good hedgehog quiz in it how you handle a hedgehog uh what that sort of thing what you do if you find a hedgehog and why you should not put a hedgehog in your pants it may have been the
1: originator of the quiz format possibly that sort
0: of possibly, came in yeah, around then yeah yeah, um, we definitely invented quizzes round about then. Yeah. We are the
1: inventors of quizzes. That's right. Yes, recommend that one too. Uh, for I guess for kind of interviews, uh, which of which we've done a lot, and some very very cool people we've had on. Um, I've always particularly enjoyed the Naomi Oreskes one, uh, author of Merchants of Doubt. But like, just one of those people who, the moment we started interacting, you are like, this is going to be great. She yeah, yeah. is great. And I like, just yeah. brought the energy. And also there was a huge demo going on in London at, as we recorded. That's Do you remember right. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we went down to. I think that was the one we went down to and you got the mic wrong. I think it's it that right. one. Yes, that's yeah. right. yes, that one. Anyway, yes. Naomi Oreskes, brilliant, brilliant uh, conversation. And more recently, uh, Catherine Hayhoe, um, mm. who, uh, yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, I thought was
0: great we've done some more sideways interviews though like we did a really good interview with William Doyle who is a recording artist otherwise known ways, now known as William Doyle at the time East India Youth all about like sustainability in the music industry and his campaign to sort that out which is really really cool uh, so yeah go back a bit have a look if you want ones where Ol and Dave talk about feelings which does happen every now and then uh, episode 92 was when Ol had feelings about all the insects dying and episode 169 was when Dave had feelings about his entire bloody life, quit his job and had all these grand plans to go and sit in a field and find himself and then two weeks later a pandemic happened. So that was the end of that.
1: It was a bit of a shame that your midlife crisis got like massively, um, what's the word? I was going to say gaslit but it's not gaslit but you know, photobombed by (laughs) a global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Get a haircut, hippie. <laughs> but the other thing, look, there's loads and loads and loads, right? Basically, here's the thing, right? With one exception, definitely one exception, which we're going to come to in a later question, I reckon we have covered now most things at some point, sometimes more than once. Go to wubblywubblywubbly.sustainandbabble.fish, Jack, and indeed everyone, and there's a little search function on there, which I didn't know if you existed, a bit old didn't know this, and you can actually search for no, I a topic. I'm, I'm the one. one the, Hello? <laughs> I put all the tags on there. Specifically, so people can search for them. Of course, I know that exists. Okay, Jolly Good. Well, you can go and go and search for things what you're interested in. If you're a fan of Swifts, Culture Wars, Hedgehogs, Oil Companies, Jeremy Clarkson, or the Tories, just do a little search and see what you come up with. Right, hello, Dave here, and I'm whispering so the old doesn't hear me. What I've done is snuck into this episode of Babbel just to give a little plug to my other podcast, Your Brain on Climate. It's all about human brains and how they work and don't work and how they think about the world and how what they think about the world is part of the climate crisis and how understanding the climate crisis means understanding human brains and how they work. And we come at things sideways, so we look at things you might think have nothing to do with climate change at all. But when you unpick it all, everything does. It's called Your Brain on Climate. It's available the same place you found, The Babble. I hope you like it. Please have a listen. Don't tell him her I'm here. Oh, he's coming. Okay, bye. Your Brain, brave, on, brain on,
1: climate. on Climate. Right, uh, next question. This is a good question and it made me pause and think I'm not quite sure what the answer is here. Mm. Uh, this is a question from Sabrina Sidhu and she says, inspired by a recent radio programme discussing what meatloaf really meant when he said, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Mm. You clearly seem to be very dear friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, what wouldn't you do uh, for each other, or maybe instead, what wouldn't you do to help save
0: the planet? Mm. Well, we've established that we wouldn't do babble in our pants. Um, no. If, it gets, if global warming continues, I'm doing babble in my pants. There's nothing you can do about it. I probably won't even know because I only see you from you know. Well, I, I mean, point of order, I always do babble in my pants. Just with trousers on top. Is that what baby old calls going to the toilet? By the way, daddy, I've done a babble in my pants. Um. No,
1: he is, he's he's uh, commendably direct and precise <laughs> about his bowel movements. Well, both of them are. Um, it's quite something.
0: Anyway, what you well, yeah. What do you reckon? What wouldn't you do to save the planet?
1: Well, I. This is a hard a hard one to answer. I well, when I think about how I go about my life, I definitely. As everybody does, I I modify who I am and what I say, depending on who I'm talking to. And with, like, family and old close friends who aren't necessarily environmentally people, I hold back from saying what I think in terms of, you know, whether things that... Choices they make are good choices or uh-huh. uh, things like that. I I prioritise kind of social cohesion or other kind of harmonious personal relationships over potentially persuading someone to do something more climaty. And I suppose the kind of flip side to that is, uh, as discussed on previous babbles, like uh, what at least one very close friend has told me that like, actually they, they did make changes to their life precisely because I wasn't asking them to <laughs> It's just, it was like a kind of do as I, you know, I, I was doing more of a show, not a tell. Um, and they copied it without even me knowing so potentially me um emphasizing getting on with people isn't quite as um in hoffish as i think it is but yeah i'm definitely too much i'm too afraid of people not liking me to do the kind of planet friendliest thing sometimes if you get hit
0: it's your own fault interesting 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 so what have i said to you like yeah, yeah, oh, but the thing is, okay, one person has come to you and said they like you being meek, but if you could be less meek, you might get ten people who might change their mind. Would you still not still not do it? It
1: depends who it is. Like I don't I don't mean just anyone. Like there's there's lots of people I don't care if they like me or not.
0: Also, you are uh, doing yourself down because on this here podcast, you are sometimes anything but meek. <laughs> I I put it to you that you are quite capable of being A strident and B opinionated when you put your mind to it. And C quite attacky. Quite <laughs> What, what was Friend of the Babel Robin Webster described us as? A bit attacky. I think we can we can be a bit attacky sometimes, can't we all? Uh
1: yes. I think uh if I actually ever listened back to any of these episodes <laughs> I probably wouldn't like what I hear. <laughs> uh well it's it's because it's you though. I don't I don't mind attacking oh. you. I en- I enjoy oh. attacking you. Um you I'm need to one of them. On one of them
0: weebly wobbly things that you you whap it and it comes back up again. Worse, it's, exactly. It's good yeah. for you.
1: It is good for you to be attacked. Um, Thanks, mate. And and I think vice versa. I, I don't know. I think we we probably both benefit from the occasional slapping down by the other, metaphorically.
0: I mean, I think my answer to this also. Hey, it's obvious what Meatloaf meant when he said he would do anything for love, but he wouldn't do that. It's it's in the song. He lists he lists all the things he wouldn't do, and then he says he wouldn't do that. It's not hard. <laughs>
1: Screwing around. I won't do
0: that. There's no mystery there. Move on. Uh, Sabrina. uh, I don't think I would, in order to save the planet, if there was some circumstance in which me doing this would save the planet, then it might be different. But I don't think I would, like, stop doing all the things I like doing and have absolutely no fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything that I do, like going to the football or buying new saxophones or things like that involves some sort of environmental impact in some way even like getting the bus somewhere well yeah because right? we live in because, an, an economy <laughs> because we are stuff and we and stuff other stuff is somewhere else and yes. we interface with that stuff right and i think which is which is not to say that you haven't made some decisions like, it's,
1: it's not like you you live a life of pure, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you live a life of pure hedonism, where you pay zero regard for the impact of your, the environmental impact of your choices. Not Monday to Friday, no. No, right, well there you go. It's
0: the yeah. Atkins diet, but just for the planet. Um, Saturday have it large, Sunday set fire to a fridge in the garden, Monday to Friday, nice and sensible. Yeah, well there we go.
1: But... No, but like I think what you know, you're talking the, the, about is degrees, isn't it? It's like I, I, there is always something more that we could give up or yes. do less of.
0: Like you, would you? If I said to you, "Oh, if you stop buying uh, hi-fi needles from the other side of the world, then the planet will be saved." What have you got to say about that?
1: Uh, I'd say, well, the planet isn't going to be saved if uh, my quite obscure folk records don't sound. <laughs> Exactly as the recording artist intended them. So I'm sorry, but I am going to have to send that stylus cartridge to that person in Germany for them to re-tip it.
0: There's, like There's got to be all the things in life that bring me joy, right? It is perfectly possible to get to a point when you're like, uh, everything is shit, everything is contributing. I don't think this is what people really think. There's definitely a caricature that that's what environmentalists are like. I would never want to be like that. Like, I still want to have some fun. I still want to do some stuff. So I, I can't imagine ever sort of completely sitting in the corner, sticking forks into my legs and feeling very bad for breathing. And also the other thing, like, and this go back goes back to Bamba's question a little bit, I don't want to do stuff I'm not any good at, or that terrifies me to no end, just because I feel like I'm supposed to, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like going back to the Extinction Rebellion thing a bit, I want to do stuff I can actually do that is useful, that I enjoy, that is helpful, um, that's what I want to do. So like a babble is a thing I can do, right? Um, I don't know other things not so much. So I don't think I like you can definitely feel like you have to do everything and you have to go and do stuff way out of your comfort zone. Go back and listen to our wonderful interview. I love this interview subject of like interviews with Jill Coombs back in episode 202 about like different ways you can be useful to a movement. Really really good. Um so yeah.
1: Right. Now. Right. this is a good question good question because it's a thing we have talked about a lot without the microphones ever being on in front Mm. of us Mm. this is a question from Andrew Savile who is one of our patrons uh, of whom there are many and growing number and we love them dearly become like Andrew give us cash Um, wubblywubbly.patreon.com
0: slash sustainable
1: thank you very much now Andrew says HS2 please or if you do not want (laughs) to talk about HS2 could you talk about why HS2 yes. seems to be the third rail of green politics. Hmm, now... So first, what is an HS2 for our uh, HS2? international audience? HS2 is a high-speed speel, high 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 rail line, um, or sort of series of lines potentially, linking up uh, London with bits of the north. And it is planned and it is in construction, some of it... Uh, Other bits of it probably aren't going to get built now. But more importantly, it is a massively controversial um, sort of mega infrastructure project, Mm -hmm. which Greenies, I would say, in the majority oppose, but certainly not um, unanimously.
0: Yes, very expensive. Goes through a lot of protected woodlandy areas. Is designed to get people a bit faster to work, basically. It's what it's for. Uh, uh, mm, that's disagree. what the economic the economic case is stacked up on that. It's like you get you get a businessman to Birmingham 10 minutes earlier. That's, you know, good, isn't it? Um, all right. But anyway, we can talk about that. Controversial thing. Anyway, there's been huge amounts of protests. There was a lot of uh, Extinction Rebellion type activity around some of the construction of it. And as Andrew says, he says this thing called a third rail, which actually, Andrew, you can have one of these. that phrase. I think the third rail means like an incredibly charged thing, like the thing that is like, if you tread on this, you get electrocuted Yeah, yeah. Don't touch it. Don't Don't touch touch it. it. Don't touch it. Very, very charged thing. And he's right, right? Now look, some disclaimers. We were going to do an episode on this, genuinely were, about a couple of years ago, I think. Oh, Oh, loads of times. We've had, yeah, I mean,
1: we have had, we've wanted to do it, for a start, for a long time, and the format we wanted to do was a proper sort of debate, like get a, an advocate for HS2 on, get an opponent for HS2 on. We never quite worked out whether we would just have them going at each other or whether we'd interview both and whatever. But the point is we wanted both sides of it because it's so controversial and, frankly, because it is the classic example of like things that Dave and Earl can't decide if it is good or not. And we, full disclosure, we had proponents of HS2, or a proponent of HS2, very much lined up and on board and happy yep. to do it. Yeah. Uh, each of the times we got around to organising it. Very, very patient proponent. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And we couldn't get anyone to come on and oppose it. Now, there were people we, we probably, no, could, we trip, we probably yeah, co- okay. could have got people who were protesting it, but what we wanted was someone who was like the head of, or a senior person in one of the big green groups who were taking a public stance against HS2. And we couldn't get them to come on. Nope.
0: We couldn't. We asked, we asked, we asked. Now, it's Including in political
1: parties, I think.
0: We tried to get someone from the Green Party on. We tried to get other organisations on. And their position was, probably, they oppose this thing. But it's complicated, and they don't oppose it enough to be like, definitely, absolutely, in public, for sure, we oppose this thing. Now, this was 18 months ago, a year ago, something like that it may have changed, right? So that was the first problem. And we didn't want to just give the pro side without giving the anti side. And we didn't want to pitch, like, someone who had all of this incredibly worked out economic sort of argument up against someone who... Whose job? And that person... Yeah, their
1: job, full-time job, was basically to advocate for HS2.
0: Yeah. So we will... Look, so we will do it. So thing number one is we will do it but we just need to make that work. If you are listening and you are from like an organisation that is out there saying HS2 definitely, definitely bad and I've got some really bloody good arguments for why, please get in touch. Ideally, don't be a white man (laughs) because there's a lot of those Um, and get in touch with us and like, we'll get, we'll sort it, right? Yes, definitely. And I guess what
1: was disappointing was that a lot of those organisations were very much giving the impression on their websites and stuff that they were against it. Like they were, part of campaigns that were against it so it felt a bit disingenuous when they were like well are i mean it's nuanced we're kind of we're mostly against it but maybe not that publicly it's like well i think you're pretty publicly against it when it suits you and when you can get lots of people to sign your petitions and stuff so anyway and when did you take this momentous decision today when i read the papers but when did you first think of it today when i read the papers
0: now this is this is to andrew's The the more interesting bit... Well, not the whole interesting, but the really interesting bit to me about Andrew's question is why... Like, why is this? Andrew is quite right that like, I can't think of a contemporary UK environmental issue that is quite as like, you are a bastard if you think A, or you are an absolute cretin if you think B, that is quite so divided and sort of getting people so angry at the moment. Did, now, what, nuclear, do you mean divided
1: reckon, within environmental circles? Because I think it's something services. like yes. fracking, yes. you could say the same, yes. but actually everyone is on the same side in environmental Space. Yeah.
0: Probably the closest analogues I can think of is nuclear power, which you know waxes and wanes in terms of of, of how much people are paying attention to it any time. And GM crops, maybe is another one. Yeah. Where that was a massive thing for a world. It It was. And interestingly, both of those examples we're
1: kind of having now. Like GM trials are creeping ever further uh yeah we've we've never
0: done we've never bloody done gm never
1: done gm uh nuclear is very much part of this government's um plans and big investment is being
0: announced whether it'll happen i don't know but yeah Mm. so what is it about this and i think there's something play the uh dave's gonna make a philosophical point music not that one that one okay thank you uh sometimes right yeah i think in environmental movementy land we say oh we're all on the same side right like lefty greenies and righty greenies and social justice greenies and within the system greenies we all basically want the same thing right and i suppose we kind of do we all basically want a planet we can live on and nice trees and stuff right we'll basically want that but actually i think like underneath that are some massive divisions that people have like kind of unbridgeable almost divisions about things like what they think being a human is all about anyway and like what they think the point of human progress is whether they believe in human progress and whether they think humans are like fundamentally a force for threatening the world or enriching it and i think like that is kind of such a profound divisive thing and i think things like nuclear and gm and to an extent hs2 which is about like big technology to do something faster and better i think it just depends entirely what you think about whether or not that is a good ins- a good motivation for humanity or not
1: oh i'm sorry sir i'm anus peptic <laughs>
0: even compunctious, to have caused you such pericombobulation, And I think there's a lot of that going on in this that is like, it, it's rarely sort of stated as what the debate is about. But I think a large part of that is what the debate is about. Oh, you've got such a sceptical face on, or is it that you need a poo?
1: Uh, no, no, don't need a poo, thank you. Thank you. It was always nice for you to check in. Um, yep. But no, I'm fine, thanks. Um, I think I agree with that to um, sort of 70% or something. Oh. Um which is pretty good for I take it you know things that you Me. say yeah yeah uh, I I think there's also a probably related I think there's a kind of pragmatism thing going on and there is a mm. there is a dividing line whereby lots of greeny types and I'm often one of these types thinks that there is a kind of sort of pure solution which means good things for everybody no eggs need breaking in the order in in the course of making an omelette type thing and then I think there are other people who say look yes the the world isn't perfect uh, but this is a meaningful contribution to making it better Mm -hmm. and it's going to have some negative consequences but the positive consequence is going to be bigger and when you're talking about building things that debate I think gets brought to the for um particularly things that involve a lot of concrete and particularly things that involve potentially trashing some other things so dams i, I yeah yes dams. but i think i think on the hs2 thing there are people for whom just the very idea of like a massive piece of new infrastructure seems completely inconsistent with everything that we need to do to get off this treadmill towards Helen hanker um and i think there i think there are other people who say okay but what the status quo is is for instance 37 million private vehicles in the uk that are driving all the place all the time and we have to have a coherent way of reducing that number rapidly and just saying everyone should you know walk and cycle isn't going to cut it and you know i won't go into all the boring details of hs2 now but the We'll i will do an episode
0: s- about the boring details of HS2.
1: Yeah. Uh, and w- I preface this by saying I still don't really know what I think and which side to come down on. I think, I think one of the most compelling arguments that the pro-HS2 people will say is you need to find a way of unclogging your currently quite clogged rail lines because if you've got speedy trains and slow trains trying to use the same railway lines, there is a very low limit of... How many things you can have on there? So, if you have one line for the speedy trains, you can then have loads of the slow trains on the small lines. And that potentially is a good way of getting loads of people out of their cars onto the trains. That may not be the reason that people are trying to build HS2, but that is certainly all the way that the proponents of HS2 advocate for it. And I am definitely sympathetic to anything that says this is a coherent plan for getting loads more people to be using the train. than using the car there is also i suppose the whole like um domestic air travel argument as well but let's not get into that anyway that is the thing that is the thing i think it fundamentally comes down to is are you pragmatic about um doing good things that might not be perfectly good or not
0: yeah uh, oh god i just want to have this whole episode about i know that, no, i know because i'm how not sure you, how I do really... you define how do you define pragmatic no i'm not sure i really believe that. that and obviously a stupid idea isn't it
1: obviously pragmatism is a Dirty word and blah, 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 blah. Oh, but I, ju- I don't know. I don't know.
0: Right. Okay. Possibly the last question, given that we've spent about six years banging on about HS2. Yep. Um, this is a question from Jane Crocker. Jane's had a question read out on Babel before. She gets another one. Friend of the Babel, Jane Crocker, one of our Patreon supporters. She says, hi, Dave and all. You've covered so many varied topics over the years and clearly done months. Months, she says, worth of research on each. Months. Mm. Um, out of all of these, which Maybe is the February. one... Maybe. Out of all of these, which is the one topic you approach with a fairly clear mindset only to be completely blown away and have your mind well and truly changed? Or which ones really made you think bugger when you looked into something? This is a good question and actually quite difficult. Um, And I was thinking about, I can't think of anything where I was like, I definitely firmly think A... And by the end of it, I was like, you know what? No, I don't. I definitely firmly think B. Now, it doesn't mean that hasn't happened, but I couldn't think of anything. Um... There have been things that I knew nothing about or just hadn't thought about that ended up profoundly depressing me. In fact, I think that's quite a lot of things, right? Bitcoin is definitely one. I find a depress just an idea. I find fairly depressing. Artificial lawns. I think episode two hundred and thirteen. I remember that. I remember.
1: Yeah. I, I think I suggested that, and you were like, oh, "What's wrong with artificial what's, lawns?" And I was
0: like, yeah. "What's wrong with artificial?" Right, come here. <laughs> <laughs> come here have <laughs> some of those like, yeah. go and read about artificial lawns where the more i read about it the more i was like this is everything that's wrong with the world this is everything that's wrong with the world um and some of the things i thought were crap and then i looked into them and they were really really crap like biodiversity offsetting which is still just the it is the worst idea in the universe it's just horrible i hate everything that biodiversity offsetting stands for all um what about you
1: i agree with all that i Maybe it's just because our brains work like this and we convince ourselves that we've always thought what we currently think. But I -hmm. I, I can't think of an occasion where I've had that complete um, handbrake turn as you describe it. The only one that springs to mind is our Tories episode.
0: Ah, Tories, Tories.
1: Uh, Where we got Sam Hall on, who is the director of something called the Conservative Environment Network. It's basically a kind of lobby group within the Tory party advocating environmental stuff and i don't know i didn't i didn't agree with him on things but i definitely went into that thinking i don't really believe that most tories want to save the
0: planet as much as most not tories did you you actually thought that when we went in you were like tories are actually bastards facts. no i don't
1: i don't think they're bastards i just think i i didn't believe that it was a genuine motivation for them mm. and i still believe that for a lot of them it isn't but I was convinced that like Sam, and I suppose by extension some of the people he represents, really, really care about it. They just have a completely different um, solution, or different suite of solutions. Different kind of philosophical starting point no, for that solution. No. Um,
0: and I mean, I, like the old, A bit like the old HS2 thing. like They just come at a problem from a very different way. Yeah. The way that a lot of other people come at it. And I, you know, I... It's, I didn't come out of it
1: thinking, hey, yeah, they're right. Capitalism can save the world, because that's well, basically he, what Sam said. But You
0: did move to St Albans not long after, though.
1: Uh, yes, but that is um, liberal Democrat capitalism, so it's, uh, it's nicer. Cathedrals aren't all St Albans is known for, though. It's home to one of the oldest pubs in England, too. The Yield fighting Cox is reputed to have accommodated Oliver Cromwell for a night during the English Civil War. Right. Yes. Anyway, so I guess that was the one where I was like, "Ah, oh, fair enough. Um, you are somebody who's trying to do achieve
0: the same thing I'm trying to achieve." What about the geezer from Shell? Yeah. Yeah. G- David Hunt. Now this episode ninety eight. This is a brilliant episode. I have to say, and fair play to the geezer from Shell from coming on our podcast and talking about why Shell aren't bastards. To which we put it to him that they were, and he said they weren't. And we put it to him that they were, and he said they weren't. Um, but fair play. Yeah. For him for doing that. And like you, when you talk to people like that, we were going to do another episode like that and it fell through, but we're going to try and do more of those things where it's not just Dave and all talk to someone who agrees with Dave and all. We kind of push at it a bit. When, like, you don't have to agree that Shell have to drill all this oil because that's what you need to do, but at least getting someone else's point of view on like why they do what they do is at the very least important and interesting. Of course it right? is, Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're never challenging your own set
1: of opinions, then you're... Often missing some of the most important arguments that need challenging. So yeah, I would love to do more of that sort of stuff, actually. Um so yeah, who should we get on next? Uh Inhoff. Since Inhof is he could, actually he could be his retirement
0: down. special. Let's actually do it. We're we gonna definitely try to get on. James Inhoff on. We will call the show. We'll say, hey, uh, we run a show in Britain called Inhoff of the Week, which celebrates uh great. American heroes of free capitalism and enterprise, and we'd love to get you on to award you the Inhofe of all time award. Would you come on? There's definitely a germ of an idea here. <laughs> if you have contacts with Senator James Inhofe, uh, maybe Howard, if you're listening, you're quite good at finding out where people live and getting them to come on the Babble. Yeah, uh, slightly do, terrifyingly, um, do get in touch with Senator James. Don't Inhofe. tell us
1: how you're doing it, Howard. Just give us <laughs> Just the phone get number. Him on.
0: Because we keep
1: hearing. That 2014 has been the warmest year on record I asked the chair you know what this is it's a snowball and that's just from outside here so it's very very cold out very unseasonal so here mr. president catch this Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, so final question, and this one is from Julian Fitzsimmons, another patron. Thank you, Julian. Uh, Julian says, so it seems that just a single man, presumably meaning Vladimir Putin here, had the power to reduce the quality of life for billions of people, probably for generations, and decimate opportunities to reverse climate change in the near future. Are our governments going to set about extracting every last filthy drop of oil and frack our countryside and communities to death or will there be a more positive outcome with an accelerated transition to renewables and reduced carbon economy
0: mm. Mm. So he's, and he says he f- i fear he says that if you guys i mean all can't see any positives then we're all f- oh we're um. all f- just to be absolutely clear just about every other podcast about the environment will say don't worry, we're not all. F- that's not our vibe. No, we're all. F- we're definitely all. F- um, yeah, but but we knew that, right? Yeah, doesn't exactly. mean we can't have a little laugh and a chuckle about it every now and then. And in the long run, we're all. F- you know, that's always been true. So, yeah. well, I think this is an important point, really. Like, it there is this narrative that is like either things are going to be okay or we're all. F- Right, and I had a very good pint with friend of the babel Alice Bell the other day, and she was talking quite compellingly about how actually in practice it's going to be neither of those things. Like it'll be no, of course it isn't. the future. The future is going to be in many ways f- and in many ways brilliant. Right, the future is going to be really different how we can imagine it, and also the same as how we can imagine it now. And one of the things that this Russia-Ukraine war has really made us made me think, anyway, is like the things that affect carbon emissions and energy use are the same thing as affect all the other stuff that's it's like geopolitics is the same thing as fossil fuels we talked about this a few episodes ago didn't we and like get ready for some hegelian dialectics oh do you want a bit of hegelian dialectics no uh basically the idea that like stuff appears to be changing very very quickly but actually it's been changing very slowly like ages and ages and ages through the sort of exchange of debate and then suddenly it can sort of burst out right and that's what appears to happen in moments like uh I don't know everyone suddenly deciding they don't want plastic bags no more but actually stuff goes like it takes ages and ages to change that sort of stuff so is that what's going to happen just, with my facial hair all right around what, one day it'll just burst yeah. out exactly. and then immediately fall out and turn grey yeah. presumably because it'll happen at once Um so I don't th- I don't think that we're f- <coughs> but I also don't think that we're not f- <coughs> I just think like some stuff will really quickly appear to change and some stuff won't and what you got to do is if you're in your business and trying to change the things that you want changed like push at them and it might change really quick but then some other stuff will come along it'll push it back and that's life isn't it a, poet, a, pawn and a king i've been up and down and over and out and
1: i know- I agree with that, and I agree that um, in my head, the the last few years have made me realise how you can't. There isn't ever going to be this kind of weird. Um, pure time where everyone can just focus on sorting out the climate crisis and we won't be distracted by every, by other things like other things as you say are sorting out the climate crisis so like or not or, yeah but it's all part of it like how we yeah. respond to these things is sorting out the climate crisis or not uh, so brexit or covid or war in ukraine or war anywhere else like it, it's it's not disconnected oh my god you've plunged into darkness Has Vlad turned off the lights in Crystal Palace? (laughs) No, no, I'm still here. I was just... Okay, uh, all yes. This is all a little side effect of the Babel Cave. Okay. Um, (laughs) But I think... uh, So, yeah, obviously loads to be monumentally depressed about in relation to this war. Um, On the kind of, like, energy side in a slightly parochial, slightly detached kind of way, I think probably it's accelerating this growing sense in the UK, at least, that gas is bad and that we can't just stay on gas forever. And I think probably there'll be an acceleration towards other ways of heating our homes and i think renewables will probably get faster and faster as discussed at nauseam in lots of places this won't happen in a way that is fair unless there's a significant change in terms of government policy and stuff but i think we are going to see more of it um and i don't think we're going to get fracking like really for all of that like blowhard stuff i I don't think it's going to happen in this country um So that's the thing I would cling on to as a kind of yeah. Don't get too depressed by all of the nonsense that is out there. Right, that is just about it for another episode of Babel, and indeed for a couple of weeks we're going to have uh, a week or two off. So, well, two uh, rest or three? Can't remember few some weeks some weeks uh rest your yes. little ear holes um, while we recharge our batteries uh thank you very much Dave for babbling uh, magnificently thank you very much to everybody who sent in a question sorry if we didn't get around to reading yours out it was either because we ran out of time or because it was shit um but mostly <laughs>
0: it was because we ran out of time um thank you very much <laughs> um, th- yes no for, but yes very good um thank you to you all for uh, babbling with me in this little series of babble and we'll be back very soon wanted just to give a shout out for our friends over on the crazy town podcast if you want to go listen to something else for a couple of weeks based over in the states we like them they are just about to start their fourth season all about watershed moments in history that have led to they say the converging socio-environmental crises of the 21st century but i think they're a bit more fun than that might say the sexy, no, go...
1: uh, socio-environmental <laughs> crises music day
0: yeah but then they're really good go go and check them out we recommend them very much yes this is
1: one of the few periods of time where you're allowed to listen to other episodes other podcasts because we're not going to be here for a couple of weeks so this is go forth and listen and then
0: stop listening you can get in touch with us and tell us what you thought of the things that we said about the questions and the questions that we didn't answer and all that sort of stuff. We are on the internet at wubblywubblywubbly.sustainababble.fish No, that's our web address. Our email address is hello at You'll find us on the Twitter at The Babble Wagon or on Facebook if you search for Sustainabble. Yes? Yes. Correct. Good. Okay. Right. Uh,
1: is that it? I think Have we said thank you to Dickie Moore? Don't think so. No. Nope. Uh, nope. Thank you, Dickie thank Moore. Thank you, Dickie Moore. Have we said thank you to Arthur Stovall? Don't think so. Nope. Thank you, Arthur Stovall. Uh, for the and- local, what
0: adorns us and our podcast and our website and our T-shirts, what you can buy at wobbly, wobbly, Fish just in time for Easter.
1: Correct. Now, if you would like to support this ear organ, you can do so by going to www.patreon.com forward slash sustainable, chipping in a few quid. Thank you, as ever, to all the magnificent people who do. Right. That's it all. What are
0: you going to do with your few weeks of downtime? I don't have downtime, Dave. I just have. What would you do? Time. time, What what will you do with the time that was previously spent babbling?
1: Oh, I should think I'll probably fiddle with uh, some audio equipment. Rather than like sitting and enjoying the music for its own sake, I'll get really obsessed by um, the sound quality of that music and the specifics of the equipment um, in a completely
0: self defeating way. Very good. Uh, I am going to go to do the stuff that I wanted to do when I quit my job two years ago. I'm going to go and sit in a field and find myself.
1: Yay. Oh, I am genuinely pleased for you. That sounds nice and not a moment too
0: soon. (laughs) Very good. And when I found myself, I will bring myself back to the Good. Okay. Right. Okay. Fine. Goodbye. Bye.